Praise God. I think, uh, oh, here it is. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Nice of you to join us uh, this morning. Uh, I think the, the Friday, the, the Friday we had to read the, the Psalms, it was on the last, um, last day, and I kind of chuckled as I went through one of the Psalms because it said, one day in the house of the Lord is better, better than a thousand elsewhere. <laughs> and I thought, how appropriate, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the, the verse we often say. So, one day in the house of the Lord... Come on, one more time. One day in the house of the Lord is better than a thousand elsewhere. You know, that's so wonderful. We just came out of our Living in Fullness con- uh, weekend. Weekend. I don't want to call it a conference. It was a weekend. It was a weekend for us to get together. And you know, one of the most, uh, I, I think maybe in all of the years, I've, I feel, and I, and I know my wife feels that too, and, 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 uh, and a few of the other leaders to feel this, that that because as a church we went into a 40-day of consecration, the receiving of what the Holy Spirit was doing in our midst was fairly significant to so many, to so many, so many of us. Amen? So I, I really, really, really appreciate that and really thank, thank you. I want to thank Kevin as well for putting together the, the, the reading in the morning and, and in the afternoon and for so many of you who, you know, who volunteered to read. It feels like we need to continue on, you know, it feels like we need to continue on. So, so maybe we will, <laughs> maybe we will. We might take a week, you know, uh, uh, when I say a week off, meaning we might take a week and then I'll, I'll chat with the team to see if we can. But how, how many of you would love to have the reading, especially in the morning? Yeah. Folks? Great, great. Okay, come on, raise your hands. Can, can you raise your hands higher, please? Come on, raise your hands higher. Raise your hands higher. That's right. Come on, come on, Greg, your hands were going up. It went up to your eyes and then... <laughs> come on, come on, go up. Okay, because now, can, can you put your hands way up there? Cameras, can you record this? Because they are going to be the ones who are going to be reading. We're going to get them to volunteer to read. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo-hoo. Bless God. Hallelujah. So that's the way you get your volunteers, isn't it? <laughs> how, how wonderful is this? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just want to give you thanks for this morning. We thank you. What a wonderful way to come and and to worship you, Lord, and to just honor you. We just want to give you thanks and praise and give you all the glory, Lord Father. Mm. Amen, Jesus. Clear our ears and cause our eyes to see. Cause our hearts to be at the right place in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I'm just going to invite uh, Audrey. Audrey to come up. She's going to share just something she shared with me. Uh, where's the... Can I have that? Where's the mic? Oh, here it is. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. A few, a couple of weeks ago, after the service, I shared with Pastor Larry um, that I had a revelation 
Um, up to that point, I understood um, God as my saviour, Jesus as my saviour, and as my friend, and I'm working towards um, knowing him as my father. However, I never really understood um, the concept of ownership. And uh, when Pastor Larry was um, preaching, I was like, what? And, um, and I suddenly it clicked. I understood that um, Jesus, his blood, and uh, the blood that he shed had purchased me and that, um, that the Lord um, owned me once I, um, I accepted him. And all these years I've been calling the Lord Jesus Lord without really understanding what I was saying mm -hmm. since I was saved. And suddenly it just came like a, like a bolt of lightning. I was like, wow, my master, my master, my owner. And uh, it just changed my perception of um, who I was and um, yeah, so it's just started that, that journey for me. So amen, was, amen. I'm very grateful. Thank you. And, yeah. Amen, amen. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You know, so often it's like that, isn't it? We don't, we, we know him as a friend and everyone says, oh, Papa, Daddy, and, and, and all of that. And forget the fact that, hey, he's Lord. You know, he, he's Lord. He... He paid the ransom for us, right? So we were abducted by the enemy. And he came and he paid the ransom. You know, he negotiated with the... I, well, I wouldn't say he negotiated with the terrorists. He didn't negotiate with the terrorists because as far as he was concerned, we don't negotiate with the terrorists. I will pay the price. That's it. There was no toing and froing with Jesus. He just said, I'll pay the price, and that's basically it. And he paid the price. So he owns us. You know, that, that was a huge thing to me as well. And, and you know, I'm, I must say this, these 40 days of consecration, it's, it's really begun to do something in me personally. You know, we, we looked at, uh, uh, we want to touch today on the, on, the, on the context of walking in the spirit. I want to finish up this aspect of self but we want to look at not just being spirit-filled, but being spirit-formed, right? Being spirit-formed, not just being spirit-filled. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I love the J.B. Phillips translation. It says it this way, right? With eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers and sisters, as an act of intelligent worship, to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove. And the reason for that is that you may prove. So each one of us we're like a test kit, in a sense, that he wants you and I to prove it. And the reason why he's saying that he wants you and I to prove it is because he's done all of the work. But we've got to come to him in what? 
Yes. More, more than that, we have to come to Him in? Sorry? Confidence. Confidence what else? You get, who said that? Obedience. Ding, 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 ding. That's the, the winner of the prize. That we've got to obey Him. Right, we've got to come in obedience. Jesus showed that. He displayed that at, at Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. Right? right? As, he, as he went back and forth with it, as he was trying to contend with the whole concept of, I am not a sinner, but I have to now take sin upon me. I knew no sin at all. I'm from another world that knew no sin at all. And now I have to take something that I'm not completely having any knowledge of. That's what was happening in Gethsemane. He didn't know what sin was and he then takes it. And so in that struggle, he's saying, gosh, Father, if there can be some other way, please, if, can, if it can, there can be some other way. Let me not taint myself. Let me not be impure. Because all I know is holiness. All I know is perfection. All I know is perfect love. But now, I have to take extreme imperfection, the ugliness. I have to take that. So a few things that I want to just maybe remind ourselves. Not sure this is working. I'm going to give it a shot. Okay. Are, are you doing it or am I doing it? Okay. Now I'm doing it? Oh, fantastic. That's what I want. I want this to obey me. I want these slides to obey me. Hallelujah. That's it. It is. Joshua 3, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Right? This is the, this is the verse that we've, we've been... We started on and I want to continue. Each time when I come up, I just want to remind us of this. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate, say it with me, consecrate, devote abundantly and completely yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So the Lord is doing and wanting to do wonders among us. Amen? He's wanting to do that. Now, what is consecration again? It is to devote, to devote, ah, come on, yep. What is consecration to devote, to set apart, to dedicate, to surrender? Centered in our hearts and reveals our loyalty. Consecration is centered within our hearts. It's, it's the primary aspect. Produces a closer and more obedient relationship with God. Deepens over time whilst releasing God's blessing. Develops over our lifetime. So we've, we've, we've already, we've gone through this. So I won't again, you know, uh, uh, kind of expand on that. I'm just sort of reminding us what it is. Amen. And so the Lord is wanting to establish a lifestyle of consecration with us. So a question to ponder is, how then do I transition 
from living in the flesh to walking in the spirit that leads me to being formed in the spirit. This is important, folks. This is a question that you and I need to be wrestling with. Remember, when the spirit first came into us, we've not known. It's like a, a roommate that has suddenly come to live in us that, that we haven't lived with for all of our lives. And now suddenly he comes in. And we are starting to live with someone. We're starting to communicate with someone. So there comes this wrestling as such, this wrestle. You know, the flesh and the spirit, the enmity with one another. We've gone through all of those verses. We've gone through about 30-odd verses, right, over the, last, over the last few weeks. This is my fifth week on this. So, so what's the, what is it that, that we feel that Paul now is... Is, is drawing, is bringing to our attention that he, that he draws out of the Corinthian church. Because he saw a church that did not understand what it meant to feed on, on meat. But they were still feeding on milk, right? And when we talk about walking in the Spirit, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? We find this here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And it says this, But the natural man does not receive things of the, spi- the, of, of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So we see that the natural man cannot receive the Spirit of God. Now, I don't know how often we forget to realize that most of the time, we don't really understand the ways of God. And it is largely because we are trying to understand it as a natural man. Or the way Paul tells the Corinthian church, you are just mere men. We're just trying to understand it in natural. So that's why we ask, why God? Why? Why Lord? Because we are trying to really understand that. Right? Moving on. So the, 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 the self aspect here must learn to walk in the spirit otherwise what's going to happen we will remain carnal for years so can we be carnal christians yes but we will hardly be spirit when i say spirit-filled christians and in fact we can be spirit-filled christians but we can quench the spirit so there are four commands that we're going to look at today that the lord commands us in regards to how we respond to walking in, walking in the Spirit. So if we don't learn to walk in the Spirit, our lives will most definitely be characterized by one that has never truly transitioned into a life of walking in the Spirit. Hence, we are not Spirit-formed. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Paul talks about three categories of men which we find in the following two verses, right? We've gone through these verses. But the natural, or, the, or one that is governed by the sensuous nature, that man does not receive, meaning does not, doesn't, doesn't, is not, doesn't receive readily the reception of what is being offered. So I cannot receive. You, you and I, we cannot receive if we continue to focus from a natural standpoint. Right? The things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually. Meaning it needs the aid, just 
just cut the gain down a little bit on my... Uh, Joel, just cut the gain down a little bit on this. Thanks. The things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Awesome. Because they are spiritually discerned. Not any other way, but spiritually discerned. Right? So what is spiritually led by or assisted by the aid of the Spirit? So the, the, the Holy Spirit comes and aids. So when the, the Holy Spirit is in us, what is happening? There is a communication going on. Hallelujah. So, you know, the next verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Oh, sorry, I didn't show you that verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. It is this, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, pneumaticos, but as to carnal, meaning fleshly, sensual, controlled by the fallen human nature, but as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able, for you are still carnal. So, so there, there can be carnal Christians, right? For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So if we ask ourselves this, where these things exist, are we then not behaving like carnal Christians? So it's so easy to move back and forth, right? So what are the three categories of, that we get out of these two verses. It is the natural man, meaning the person is unconverted and cannot receive the things of the Spirit. So no matter how you try and convince someone who has never been born again, they don't have the Spirit in them, so they can never, never, ever receive the things of the Spirit. Right? It's too alien to them. Then comes a spiritual person, right, who is converted, denies the flesh, and walks in the Spirit. So there is a consistent denial. I'll carry my cross and I will deny that. I will continue to deny this. Whatever that comes my way, nope. I'm going to deny this. I'm going to deny this. The carnal person is converted by, but chooses to live by the flesh as mere men. You know, this, if you, if you notice this, this, this mic here, that you see here, I've got one here and I've got another there, right, when I'm playing. That mic speaks to either the bass player or the drummer. And today, we had Elijah on drums, right? So Elijah has me in his ears. I'm going, okay, Elijah, now go. We're going to the bridge, now go. Bang, 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 one, two, three, four. Okay, Elijah on the, high, on the hats now, one and two and... Okay, now it's a six eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. Eight. Watch your tempo. Pull it back a little bit. Okay, go on your toms. And you saw him go. He was going all. He was going. And so what he is doing is simply listening to my voice and obeying it. So if we have the voice of God speaking in our ears, we will be able to do that. But we can shut him off. And, and he could shut me off if he takes his, if he takes his, and he says, I've had enough of you speaking to my ears now. That's enough. What, boom, 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 boom. What, one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, one, two, three, four. That's enough. That's enough. He could, he could easily say that, right? But you can see him. One, two, three, four. 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 One, two,
He's just so intently listening. Right? And that's what we need. That's the kind of focus we need. Amen? In order for us to develop and build this, build this relationship. So, we walk in the Spirit by what? By maintaining a good relationship with Him. If Elijah doesn't want to talk to me, he's not going to bother to hear me. He says, ah, who cares? Right? But we've got a relationship. At least we've got a friendship. Right? So he listens. So the relationship that we have with the, with the Lord is, is vital, right? You know, Benny Hinn, he wrote a book entitled Good Morning Holy Spirit, right? And it was about really being more alert to the Holy Spirit, right? You know, we, 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 we often... You know, we know the Father as the, as the first person of the, of the Trinity. That's generally all pray to the Father. Abba, I belong to you. Father, you know, Daddy, Papa, we, we say, we, we, we share. Not that that is wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, deny each and every one of us from saying that. But we know the Father as the first person. Then when we accept Christ, we know Jesus as our Savior, as the second person of the Trinity. But... When it comes to the Holy Spirit who now lives in us, that's why he said it is expedient for me to go so that the Spirit can come and live in us. That we sometimes question, is it okay for me to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? You know, am I neglecting the others then if I just, oh, Spirit come, Spirit come. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Yeah. Oh, am I? Father, we love you. We worship and adore you. Jesus, we love you. We worship and adore you. Then, Spirit, we love you. We worship and adore you. Right? And, and sometimes some of us may feel guilty. Hey, I'm not... Maybe it's too much of the Spirit. But it is the Holy Spirit that has come. And so we've not encountered what it means to be walking in step with the Holy Spirit. So the Bible tells us about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? And, he's, and he says that in, 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 in this verse, that we must continually decide to walk in the Spirit and, as I mentioned, maintain a good relationship with Him. Right? So the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, meaning the koinonia, the fellowship, association, close relationship. So I've got this close relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? To be with, meaning accompanies in the midst of Amen. that we are, he's, it's, it's, he's, he is in the midst of of our communication, of our fellowship. He is there. It's like, you know, when you, when you go to your connect groups, you are having koinonia, you're having fellowship with one another. When you go out for coffee, you know, you're having fellowship with one another. But with the Holy Spirit, are you and I having this fellowship with the, with the Holy Spirit? So it means close, close, uh, close communion. So how does, how, how does He come in fellowship with us? He speaks to us. 
You know, uh, two weeks ago when I was, when I was doing the, the, the leadership session here at Bible Focus, uh, Leilani, who is uh, Sharon and, and Lauren's daughter, she's seven years old, maybe eight, I'm not too sure. 11. Oh, 11, oh my. Okay, she's 11, sorry, whoops. I, I'm still thinking of so many of our young people being seven and eight. You know, okay, she's 11, but, but imagine an 11-year-old girl sitting there through the session asking most of the questions, right? And then at the end, she comes up here and she says, Pastor Larry, how do you know if God is speaking to you or if it is me, if it is my voice, if I'm hearing myself or whether it is God? 11-year-old girl coming and asking me that. I was dumbfounded for a while, Right? And he speaks to us because we have, firstly, close communion. When you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you hear him. If you don't have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you and I will never hear him. Some years ago, when I took a mission team to Fiji, the Lord spoke to me about taking the guitar that I had and he said, you will not come back with this guitar. You are to give it away to someone, right? I obviously wasn't very happy about it. But I, I took it and my son, my oldest, who came with me at that time, he was fairly young. He said, Dad, maybe then you shouldn't take your guitar. <laughs> so he too. But, you know, I felt no, I needed to take it. And, and I took it there, and I was wondering, I was asking through the entire trip, I was asking, Lord, who should I pass this guitar to? Who, who's the one that you want me to give this guitar to? And finally, I saw this, this uh, teenage girl, an, an older teen, and I, I told her, I said, you know, I, I feel the Lord wants me to give you this guitar. And she just, she was just beside herself. She, she just cried. And she said, I've been praying for someone to give me a guitar because I'm joining YWAM. And I was so glad that I felt I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because out of that, I got the guitar of my dream. You know, sometimes, you know, you talk about honor just now. Honor was displayed, right? We were just encouraged to really honor. Generosity is a big thing. You know, one of the ways to kill hyperinflation and a CPI increase of more than 7% and all of your mortgage that's going up and wondering how can you pay, be generous. Generosity will turn all of that around for you. If you think and wonder how am I going to make it work, that's thinking like a carnal person. But if you begin to apply kingdom principle of generosity, you will find that everything will start to turn around for you because you are relying on the Spirit of the Lord. That's why we keep encouraging you, don't hold your tides back. Give, be generous. That's only just your, your, your entry point, your 10%. Be one that is known for giving Whatever you feel the Lord is leading you 
to do. Hear the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Hear the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, Moving on. In Galatians chapter 5, there are, as we walk in, in in the Spirit, He commands us of certain things. So we want to look at four things really quickly right now. And the very first thing is, oops, the very first thing is, is Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. If we live, meaning present active, currently if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk. Right? Stoikeo. The present active subjunctive, meaning it's subject to walk in a row, walk orderly to direct one's life. So I have to be methodical about it. I have to be intentional about walking in the Spirit. So if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us keep in step with, with, the, with the Spirit. So let's look at these four things. What's, what's, the first, what's the first aspect? First is that I say then walk, meaning again present, active, imperative here. All the activities of life, that means every aspect. If we walk in all of the activities of our life in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Not just some, but in every aspect of our lives, if we are walking. At work, in, in the pub, if you're a performer and if you're singing out there, we're not saying don't go out there, but we're saying when you're out there, can you walk in the Spirit? When you're on the catwalk, when you're modeling, can you walk in the spirit? I don't know how you can walk in the spirit when you, when, when you, you know, when it's a catwalk. But I mean, imagine that. How do you walk in the spirit? How do you portray? Because when you carry light, something comes forth. People see that, and they say, "I, I, I want what you have." What is it that you have? Tinda was just telling me that the other day when she was, she, she, she was she's mentoring, uh, mentoring a, a CEO. And she was saying, you, you've got this light in you. What is this light in you? You must be a believer, huh? So it allows you to testify of the light that is in you. If you walk in the spirit, present, active. Amen? So self overcomes the flesh by walking in the Spirit. So self, how do you overcome the flesh? By walking in the Spirit. Now, if we live... Oops. Self overcomes the flesh. The second command that he gives is this, that self overcomes the flesh by not grieving the Spirit. So often we, we grieve the Spirit and do not grieve. Lupeo, present active, again, to cause pain or grief, to make sorry or distress. Can we grieve the Spirit? Can we, you know, can we hurt the Spirit in a sense? So each time we sin, we actually hurt the Spirit. It's like a relationship with your spouse. You know, you, you, you can grieve your spouse. You can hurt your spouse. Right? But imagine, you hurt your spouse and you grieve. How do you overcome that? What do you need to do when you know that you've hurt your spouse? You? You say sorry, you apologize. 
So, we say sorry to the Holy Spirit. We apologize and we say, I'm sorry. And everything gets better. Correct? Because love keeps no record of any wrong. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And then the next day, you then abuse your wife or your spouse. So all of the flowers that you've given from that apology, now what happens? It's all gone. So it becomes what? It's, it's an event. The apology was an event. Oh, I bought all of this and I've done this. So when we come to the Lord, we've got so many events. We say sorry. We apologize. We do this, we do that. And then we've realized that it's really not a lifestyle. Because we continue on in that lifestyle of toing and froing. So we've not really learned to walk in the Spirit because we're still being this carnal self. Because firstly, we don't even, we, we don't know what does it mean to have the Holy Spirit now in us. So he was, when he came, he, he needs to be here. So self, right? Let me come in front. Self. Self is here. And the, and, and the Holy Spirit comes in and lives below. So through our time of knowing Him, they are, the Spirit and the flesh are on par with one another. They're side by side. And then the more we walk in the Spirit, He slowly gets more and more and more attention. And He grows. So how do we then grow in the Spirit? How do we fellowship in the Spirit? What are the things that we need to do in order to fellowship in the Spirit? We've got to hear His voice. As Elijah did, just kept hearing the voice and kept following the instructions. Right? And even when it didn't happen as is, he still followed it. Followed it and got it right. So as we begin to hear that voice that's in our ears, that's in our heart. So we read the word, the word becomes flesh. As we listen to worship, as we sing, as we wake up in the morning and we say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Oh, I recognize you this morning and I thank you and I want to worship you. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. So self overcomes then the flesh by not grieving the Holy Spirit. The next aspect is this. Self overcomes the flesh by not quenching the Spirit. So I could have quenched the Spirit by not giving away the guitar. There was another time that I had this really nice leather jacket. And so there was this there was this speaker that came and he said, oh, wow, that's a really nice jacket. I'd love one like that. And in my heart, I was thinking, oh, I just, immediately I felt, give it to him. I said, no, that's not you. <laughs> so I went home and I was, you know, you, you know, you get that, oh, you should give, you should, no. And it's this doing and throwing, right? Because it's the flesh, the flesh and the spirit are wrestling. So I took it for the evening meeting and I gave it to him. But at that time, as I was giving to him, I was hoping he would say, hey, no, I was just kidding. 
I was just kidding. No, 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 you could keep it, but he took it. <laughs> so, so I could have quenched the Holy Spirit. But out of that again, I had my youth group that I was, that, that I was a Passover. I had, they gave me a couple of jackets. Really nice. Catch me once. But it started with you and I obeying it. it I needed to obey the Lord. Because we will never know what's on the other side until we obey the Lord. Until we walk in the Spirit and hear the voice of the Spirit. So, with Leilani asking, the, how do I know if it's the voice? I know it was my voice when it said, no, it can't be you. I know it was my voice that said, maybe he will give it back to you. Just take a step of faith, maybe he will give it back to you. That's not a step of faith. That's like an Indian giver, right? You give with a desire of getting it back. I can say it because I'm one. Hallelujah. So quench, do not quench. <laughs> to extinguish, to put out a fire, to suppress, to stifle. The Lord gives you and I a word. In school, Noah, maybe you've heard the Lord. Hey, go and share with this person. And in your mind, why do I need to share? It's a Christian school, I'm sure they know Christ. But he says, no, go and share with him. Maybe go and pray with him. Maybe start a prayer meeting in the afternoon. Gather some of your friends. Do that. Jacob, maybe before you leave, Cairo, Cairo, right? No, St. Francis. St. Francis, that's right. Before you leave St. Francis, start a prayer meeting. Gather a few people. Share with them. Maybe the Spirit of the Lord might be sharing that with you. What is he speaking to you and I? That he wants you to go somewhere. And he's saying, now go and pray for this person. Go and pray for that person. And we stifle it, we suppress it. And it's so easy. So here he's saying, this is the third command he's saying. If you walk, right? If you do not grieve, and now if you do not, if you, sorry, if you live. To walk in the Spirit, if you live in the Spirit, if you don't grieve the Holy Spirit, and now if you don't quench the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And it says here, and the, and, and the last one is this verse that, that we know quite well. Can you? Thank you. And, and do not... Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, meaning while partying. But be filled, play rule, present, passive, again, imperative. It's, it's present, it's passive, but it's imperative. That means we, we need to be open for that to happen. I can't do anything about being, about, about, Filling it in, but I've got to be in a position to be filled. It's not like me now going to a petrol station now, taking the, uh, the nozzle and filling it in. No, that's not it. I can't do that. Here, the Holy Spirit will do that, right? So to make full, to cause to abound, the, 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 the Holy Spirit will cause. So if we don't quench, if we don't grieve, 
And if we live, we will be filled. And that is what it's saying. It's a continuous filling. So folks, if we are not quenching the Holy Spirit, if you're not grieving the Holy Spirit, and sometimes folks, quenching the Holy Spirit comes this way. Greg, I want you to come and sing us a new song. Gotta be kidding. You want the whole church to leave? You want this? You want that? Immediately, all that comes to mind, right? And so, you quench the Holy Spirit by not accepting the direction that comes from someone that feels directed to ask you to do that. So, in leadership, as leaders, sometimes we encourage people and we say, why don't you do that? I went to Audrey this morning. I said, Audrey, can you share that testimony? She said, yes. She could have quenched the Holy Spirit, but weren't you encouraged by what she shared? Amen. So she could have, CJ could have quenched the Holy Spirit in terms of honoring someone. But she felt that. And sensed that and put it, all, put it to all of us. So often we ask you to do something and you can just, and you quench the Holy Spirit because, oh, not me, can someone else. I haven't woken up yet. I'm still asleep in the morning. Don't ask me to do that. So you quench the Holy Spirit. Right? We often can quench the Holy Spirit. Because we've got to ask at that point in time, I'm responding out of what? Out of the flesh or out of the spirit? Is the spirit asleep? Yes? No. The Holy Spirit is not asleep, amen? The Holy Spirit is awake, but we are asleep. Right? And we've got to respond. We've got to be filled. So we lose out on being filled. We just came out of this whole conference of living in fullness. So how do we live in fullness? We live in fullness through, one, walk in the Spirit. Two, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Three, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And four, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in fact, Psalm 518, it says this, you are filled by the Holy Spirit through singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. Right? Sing psalms. You know, uh, I think the message version puts it this way. To sing over, uh, whatever opportunity, I'm paraphrasing that, but it means this. Whatever opportunity I have, anything, any, any opportunity that I have, I'm going to do it. Meaning find any reason to be able to sing a psalm. To, to sing a spiritual song, find any reason to be able to do that, then you're being filled. Because the minute when you start to sing, you are, you, you are then responding to the Holy Spirit. When you're speaking in tongues, you're responding to the Holy Spirit. Right? You're responding. You know, John chapter 17 talks about this, says this, that, and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Right? You know, that was... Shared, just prior to the tabernacle of uh, the, the feast of the tabernacle, 
So, you know, the Feast of the Tabernacle is where, you know, many would, many would come and they would actually build these kind of tabernacles, right? So that as they come, they would have a place to also stay. But towards the end of that feast, towards the latter part of the feast, the priest would fill the urns with water. And right at the steps, they would pour this water that would just gush out. And it would just begin to flow and begin to flow. So Jesus, at the end of it, is standing there and saying, that from out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And that's what he's saying to them. So they visually saw this. So the river that's inside of us will begin to flow. Amen. And I'm going to conclude by saying this, that in Psalm chapter 7, verse 9, it says this, For the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. Right? Now, self rejects the flesh and chooses the spirit during when? During times of testing. So many times, folks, you and I go through times of testing, right? Our lives are filled with that. So how do we feel that we are graduating in a sense? We go through tests. And the Lord takes us through so many different tests. So how do we know whether we are really now walking, sorry, how, how do we know whether we're walking in the, in, the, in the spirit or whether we're walking in the flesh? And so when we go through these tests, we know that it is the, the righteous, for the righteous God tests the hearts and minds of each and every one. And then it says that, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing. So at that point of test, when we live in the Spirit, when we, when we stop grieving the Holy Spirit and when we stop quenching the Holy Spirit, we will then, what happens? We will then be filled with the Holy Spirit. We will continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord takes us, takes you and I through so many of these different tests. And as we come through each test, we begin to live in the Spirit. We begin to grow in the Spirit. We begin to become a people that truly understand what that is. Amen. Hallelujah. The life of, of the Spirit. So the stages, there are stages of walking in the Spirit. And these are the stages. Self-breakthrough. That is, have lost confidence in my flesh. I don't anymore want to give confidence in my flesh anymore. And I'm going to stop trying to reform it. Why, do you, why should we stop refi- uh, reforming it? Because there's nothing good. Paul tells us that. There is nothing good in the flesh. But we think we're good. Hey, man, I, I'm... I'm I'm cool, I'm good, I'm, I'm good. It is not until you and I come to a place where we know the flesh is not good, period. That's, not a, that's a hard sell, guys. It's not an easy thing to begin to accept because we are consistently confronted with, with, with how we look, with how we feel, right? So consciously seek not to quench the spirit but be filled by him. Living in the flesh. This is all new to me and I'm not sure how to have communion with the Spirit. So I must admit that I, fa- that I failed 
Too many times I need to learn to walk in the, in the spirit and not the flesh. And the third stage, struggling with the flesh. I have made some progress, but I still struggle too much with the flesh. I need to put off the old man more quickly and consciously walk in the spirit. So I'm consciously, every time I'm conscious, when the opportunity comes for me to obey, I obey. So the big word here, to live in the spirit, is a four-letter word, obey. We need to obey the spirit every time. And that's my last slide. To live in the spirit is this. That I have been living in the spirit in close relationship and I'm more conscious of honoring him. I am ready to commit to live my life in consecration, by living a life in the Spirit on an ongoing basis. So how do we live in fullness? We live in fullness by living in the Spirit, by passing the tests that He puts before us. And, you know, so many times we get caught, uh, we get caught off guard by wondering, is this a test? And the test is necessary to help us realize where we are in our journey before the Lord. Not because, you know, he's trying to just beat the daylights out of us. No. James says that. That the testing of your faith may cause you to have this endurance and let endurance have its perfect work so that you may lack in nothing. That you and I may not lack in anything. That's where, folks, God wants to bring us to. And the only way, the only way is by understanding what it means to walk in the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to... Don't, don't, if you've been led to clap, go for it. Just clap. Thank the Lord. Not me, but thank the Lord. Sometimes life is like that. Is it? We feel like clapping, then we're wondering everyone around isn't, so I better pull back, you know. So then we quench, we, we quench right? And, and you know, at times, the, that's why it needs... Boldness is needed. Sometimes you need to be bold, right? You, you and I need to be bold. We need to begin to just shout it out. I remember my, my mom is such, uh, if you've known my mom, she's one of those very shy, coy person, very quiet. But when she was filled in the Holy Spirit, she screamed like I've never heard her scream in her life. Never, ever heard her screamed. And she just screamed. And gosh, it really, this, we were like beside ourselves. Wow, my mom has that loud a voice, that's fantastic. So something happens, folks, when we respond to the Holy Spirit. But many of us, we live our lives in such a way that this is, you know, so how, when it comes to the quenching of the Holy Spirit, it is, in fact, if you remember when I, when I mentioned that we are sealed by the Spirit, right? So if we are sealed, meaning, that's it. He doesn't just suddenly up and pack and leave. He's there. But you know what has happened? We've put him up in the attic. We've kind of closed the door and we've put him somewhere there not to be seen. And we've rented the rooms out to others. So he needs, he needs to come out of the attic. That's the way we quench. This week, let's do some spring cleaning. Let's check the rooms, and see what's in there. Amen? So as we partake of communion, 
be reminded of that passage of scripture that I shared with you. The Holy Spirit wants to come and koinonia with you. He wants to come and fellowship with you. Hallelujah. You know, we want to do that song, Remembrance. Uh, CJ, can you, can you play that on keys, please? Thanks. Um, oops, sorry, my bad. I forgot to turn it on and then. That's the spirit getting excited, hallelujah. <laughs> amen, amen. So, folks, we've got our communion emblems out here, and you know, uh, we've moved out of our 40 days of consecration into what we now term seasons of consecration. I, 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 I don't feel compelled to move out of this series of messages. We probably have maybe about another six, seven, maybe eight more uh, weeks of, of teaching this aspect of, of consecration. And I, I just want to I, I, I uh, bring the full aspect of what this is, you know, with all of the verses so that you've got these verses for a lifetime. You've got these verses with all of the, with all of the Greek and everything there, all of the original words there for you to begin to be a self-feeder for you you know for the holy spirit to begin to move in you and with you and journey with you and take you along no matter what age you are you can understand what it is amen you can understand what it means to be a carnal christian you can understand what it means and it, and and maybe that's never been told to you maybe you never realized that we can be carnal christians you know but the lord wants to begin to do that so go for it uh, Rachel oh, thank you Jesus so as we sing the song I just I just want you to come forward and and just take the emblems and in your own and in your own time just begin to just partake of this hallelujah so thank you Lord Father Right now, we just want to give you thanks. We thank you for the cup. We thank you for the blood. We really want to thank you for that. We thank you that you've made a way for us to be able to now have communion with the Holy Spirit. To have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How awesome is that? Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Amen.
I live my life in remembrance. Hallelujah. Promise I won't forget. If I could have children's my way. If ever I deny your grace, remind me of your price, you gave. Hallelujah. I live in remembrance. Can we do that part again? If ever. If ever I should lose my way, if ever I deny your grace, Remind me of the price you've paid. Hallelujah. I live in remembrance. You've been so good, Lord. You've been so, so good to me. You've been so, so good to me. Oh, to be where I would be if not for you, if not for you. You've been so, so good to me. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you've been so good to us, Lord. You lead us in the path of righteousness, Lord. For surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, Lord. If not for you, if not for you, if ever I leave, if ever I should lose my way, if ever I deny your grace, Remind me of the price you paid. See you face to face until I lost on my grace. Remind me of the finished year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you remember right now, folks? What is the Lord bringing to your mind? The things that may be hindering you from walking in the fullness of the Spirit. Walking in, in a place where you are filled. A consistent filling, a playroom. Or maybe we live a life that is, maybe we are happy with, with mediocrity. You know, you know, it's interesting the word mediocrity comes from two words, medius and ochrus. And ochrus means it's in the middle of that, that, that 
the, the, the rock, so to say. And medias is, it's in between, it's, it's, it's just medium. So the, the picture is as if you're walking up, as if you're walking up the mountain. Right, and as you're walking up the as you're walking up the mountain, instead of going all the way, you walk, and right in the middle, you stop, and you look up and you think, "Oh gosh, that is just too far," and you look below and you think, "That's just too, too far down." And you think, "I don't think I can go up there." So. I'm going to be happy to just being here in the middle of in, 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 in the middle of this of this journey so you don't go all the way up and you build a cave there and you just sit in there and you, you and I we live in this mediocrity and that's what mediocrity is it's living a life that doesn't allow you or doesn't take you right to the mountaintop and you're satisfied with a halfway point living in the fullness of the spirit means you and I don't settle for mediocrity you cannot settle for mediocrity folks amen so friends this week whatever the Lord is challenging you or how is he helping you to what journey is he taking you on to amen thank you and for those of you who are joining us online we pray this prayer that you will experience the communion of the Holy Spirit this week and each and every one of us here too will experience the communion of the Holy Spirit and we just bless you for helping us to live in the spirit and not to grieve nor quench and to be consistently filled in the spirit ponder upon these four commands this week may the lord really set you free amen god bless you and thank you for joining us for those of you who are online god bless you